Hi everyone, welcome to Let's Talk Red Wings here. I got myself, Brendan, back for another episode. Episode 2 in Season 1 of Let's Talk Red Wings. Yep. We had so much fun the first episode, we decided, let's do this one more time. Let's do it again. Alright, so I got Mike over here, and we got our host, everyone's favorite, the bearded one, the beardian, Darian. Who's currently fumbling with his headset. This is live. He is oh, not off way. to a hot start in episode two, but he'll have fun too at some point today. So first I want to give a shout out to our sponsor here. We got this place called the 519 Beer House. It's possibly the best pub in Windsor. Uh, tell a friend about it if you're ever in the city or if you're from Windsor. And uh, ask for Brennan's secret menu item, Frank's with Butter. All right. Great time and great place there. Okay. Sponsor, uh, also sponsoring the show, Motor City Chrysler. Uh, corner of Walker and Tecumseh in Windsor, Ontario, right across the street from the minivan plant. Go see Jeff Pollock. Mention the show. He'll give you a great deal. Or call Jeff at 519-253-2303. All right. Let's get into it. We got some Wings games over the last week. All right, so this was a 3 nothing win for the uh, for the Red Wings. In the first period, uh, Alex Lyon had a pretty solid start to the game. Um, Larkin had a quality chance on his first power play. Billy had an aggressive penalty kill in the first. Um, and Larkin was tenacious and had one of his better periods of the uh, season, I found. Yeah, I, th I thought that Philly played a good first period, kept it, what, scoreless? It was 0-0 zero, zero after, zero, zero yeah. after one, so they hung in there. And... Uh... And then in the uh, the second period, uh, so a cider scored on a shot from the blue line that was tipped by Joel Faraby. It was Sider's first in 20 games. Uh, Raymond or Raz was dominant down low. Um, he passed it to Cop, who teed one up from, as we like to call it, the ladies' tees to make it a, a two nothing game. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> And uh, Lyon made an acrobatic save later in the period on a quality Flyers chance. Um, with 1.30 to go, Darian can attest to this. So Clem uh, Costin and uh, Delorier getting a battle behind the net. They take their helmets off, leading to a two-minute uh, instigating penalty. And uh, there, was a, there was a fight on the play. I think it was unsportsmanlike. Unsportsmanlike, sorry. Yeah, yeah, unsportsmanlike conduct for taking the helmets off. But... Yeah, it was good to see we need Costin in that role. So Philly has a couple players like that. We needed him to. Yeah, he was running around a little bit. And Costin uh, stood up, did his job to put him in check. I mean, didn't necessarily, you know, Costin took a couple there. Would say he did not get the decision, but uh, you know what? Stood up for his teammates. So Yeah, so uh, Lyon ends up standing tall on the penalty kill in the third. Um, Flyers play a chippy game, uh, especially their bottom six. Uh, Scott Lawton had a dirty, kind of a dirty hit towards the end of the game. Um, it ends up being a 29-save shutout for uh, for Alex Lyon, uh, and Cop scored in the second period on a shorthanded goal. Yeah, that was a three nothing goal. Yeah, we had yeah uh, we had Larkin to open the scoring, then it was uh, Cider, then Cop. So yeah, yeah, we capitalized on opportunities, and I feel like it was one of their better defensive performances of the year. So mm -hmm. it's encouraging to see that. Yep, so uh, on the second game, it was 5-2 win for the Wings. Uh, Dylan Larkin scored on a nice shot to open up the scoring. Uh, Jake Wallman scored on a slap shot from the blue line, make it a 2-0 game. It was a high-scoring first. Uh, Barbashev scored for Vegas, along with Paul Cotter. Um, I found uh, I, on the first one there, the uh, 
the Wings had a, definitely had a breakdown in the defensive zone, um, and it beat uh, Lion Five Hole. So it wasn't wasn't too thrilled with that one. Um, and then a second one, Alex Lyon just gets beat on a clean shot in first period. Uh, it was two two at that point. Valeno scores on the power play in front of a net on a cross uh, cross crease pass to make it three two. Second period, there was no scoring. It was kind of a period that went back and forth. Um, I thought the Wings held their ground, played pretty well, uh, held the 3-2 lead going into the third. And then the third, Alex Kopp scores high glove. Fisher had a very solid screen in front of the net to make it a 4-2 game. Mm -hmm. um, and then Larkin scored an empty netter on the power play. I found when Kopp scored that, that high glove goal, though, it kind of took the wind out of Vegas's sails and kind of ended any hopes for a comeback. So it was a solid 5-2 win. Um, that's seven wins in a row for the Wings over teams in playoff position right now, they're saying. Wow. So, um, so that's a, that's a quality, quality stretch for the Wings, picking up points. Mm -hmm. Um, it's 15, was it 15 to 20 points? Of recent, yeah. of possible yeah. points? Yeah. Yep, 15 to yeah. 20 points. Um, but yeah, that was a game. That was a game, you know, you looked at the betting odds coming into the game. The Wings are, uh, they were a minus 130 favorite against Vegas. Um, you think defending Stanley Cup champion coming in, playing playing the Red Wings, that's a game they hadn't really been favored in in the past, but Vegas was off of a back-to-back, -back, a big win against the Rangers, and the Wings came out and proved to everyone why they are firmly in playoff contention. Yeah, absolutely. You know what, that game, it was 2-2 so fast that I really thought, oh, my God, this is going to be another one of those 7-6 games. Mm -hmm. Both teams settled in. Okay, so like you said, scoreless second period. Wings took care of business in the third. You know, I thought it was one of their better games in, in, you know, overall in a very good month. Let's let's face it. Um, they're, they're really putting up the numbers, um, really taking it to playoff teams. So, you know, the, the real Red Wings are standing up. Yeah, it was a fun yeah. game to be at. You can tell, like, the crowd – very lively LCA. They, they know what's going on now. Full house. Every game I've been to this year. So it's, it's exciting times. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. This is a good spot to throw to Brendan. We got his segment, the B rant. He goes on some good rants. We got the senators coming into town. So I think it's a good time to mention their rebuild and the wings and their fans and just an overall reaction. Yeah, so I got a great amount of disdain for the Ottawa Senators. Um, I respect Michael Anlauer and what he's done buying the team. Um, Steve Steo seems to be doing a solid job at GM. Um, DJ Smith liked him, uh, so but they ended up letting him go due to lack of performance this year. Um, and they hire Jacques Martin, uh Literally, I think, out of the nursing home. That was the most shocking hire I'd seen in a while. He's he's ancient. He's He's been around a while. Um, couldn't believe he got hired. You know your season's in a, you know your season's in a tailspin when you got to make a move like that. Um, normally, teams get a positive, you know, kickback when they make a coach firing. That didn't necessarily happen for Ottawa. Um Corpus Allo, I mentioned him last episode. Goaltending has been slightly better, but let's be honest, it's been dog shit this year. Um, and first, I want to give a shout-out to 
one of the worst fan bases in the National Hockey League who can eat a bag of dicks, the Ottawa Senators fan base. <laughs> I, it, I've never seen, you know, it must be due to a lack of success over a long stretch of time in the National Hockey League, but I've never seen two regular season wins be talked about so much over a year time frame, and it caused them to act superior to the right. Like, I've never seen two games in March mean so fucking much. And frankly, I was fucking tired of hearing them. This season, it's it's proved itself on who the better team is in the rebuild. Ottawa's rolling in tonight with a, or when you listen to this at the time, an eight, a 485 win percentage. I'm just tired of fucking hearing about the... I'm tired of hearing about those two games. And, like, Newsy Lalone's mentioned it. It's been mentioned before by others. Like, it, it was overblown. The media overblew, and it was a lazy fucking take. The whole time it was a lazy take. It was a lazy take then. It's a lazy take now. The two games back-to-back, all due to fucking Ottawa being a shithole city that's up in fucking northern Canada getting a fucking snowstorm causing the games to be fucking back-to-back. So, bunch of bullshit. Tired of hearing about it. And Ottawa has proved it this year. They, they just haven't been built correctly. And their, their farm system, ranked by many, 31st out of 32nd in the league. Wings are going to be much higher than that in the farm system ranking. You know, sold the farm to get Jacob Shikrin, who's now rumored to be dealt away, might be dealt away to the Detroit Red Wings. We'll see you later. We'll talk about that later in this episode. I don't necessarily see that happening, but he's potentially on the move. You know, he was like crying tears when he was going home to play in Ottawa. Now he's fucking fleeing for the exits. He wants to get the fuck out of there because who wants to be there? So I'm just tired of it, Darian. And I think that's a fucking pretty good B rant because I'm tired of hearing about the Ottawa Senators. I'm tired of hearing fucking Toronto media talk about the fucking Ottawa Senators. It's not even your fucking team. And we got to listen to this fucking every... I don't know, because, you know, Canadian media, and I'm Canadian, but Canadian media, it's all like, oh, oh, Ottawa. Ottawa might be a playoff team. Ottawa this, Ottawa that. You know, can't talk about the Leafs too much, so let's start talking about Ottawa. Oh, look at the moves Ottawa made. Ottawa's been fucking dog shit. I'm tired of hearing about it. All right, that was gold. Um, Been a while since we got that fire. The fire is back. Fire's back. Might as well uh, throw Buffalo into that mix too. But... Yeah, Buffalo is a hundred percent in that mix. It's God. This comparison over the last year, Wings, Sens, Sabers, and now look where each one is. And it's just a great position we're in now. And Ottawa just is in a tailspin. Like we didn't even mention the Dadanov fiasco. They have to give up another first before twenty twenty six. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was fucking mishandling to its finest. Yeah, they're going to be in tough. Not releasing a no trades list, but we we don't need to go into that. We're not an Ottawa we're not an Ottawa podcast. With regards to Buffalo, like I don't have that same amount of like disdain for them. Like I honestly feel bad for their fan base. You know, they're like they're like that a person that you want to do well in life that just they they just every time they get an opportunity to do something they fucking stumble over their feet and fuck it right up. So you know one day they might figure out their situation, but I mean I'm not counting on them figuring things out. But enough with the Ottawa bullshit. Like they, I've I've had enough of fucking listening to that and hearing about those two losses in February, <clears throat> and that's that's that. <laughs> Now we're getting articles about how much further ahead we are, which is gold. 
Well, Darian, why don't you touch on that for a second? Since Yeah, so The Athletic put out a joint article between Ian Mendez and Max Boltman, Red Wing and Senators. What, what's, the, what's the title of that article? How did the Red Wings blow past the Senators in the rebuild? So it's just chock full of a lot of the things we mentioned and being 31st. How crucial were those two losses against Ottawa in February in shaping the Red Wings map for the offseason is the first question. So that tells you right there. Oh, by the way, what was the hot take before the season? Have the Senators broken through? It, yeah, and that gets mentioned throughout too. They really hit on the Wings being a projected 85-point team from some and three of their five projecting the, the Senators to make the playoffs first. And it's just so funny. They're like, yeah, the yeah, average projection this, was this 94. Dom, Dom Luschison here probably never fucking done an athletic event in his life. Tony <laughs> here is fucking bullshit. He's like, the Red Wings were targeted for 85 points, and Ottawa's on pace for 94 points. Well, guess what, Dom? He didn't account for the fucking bottom six because they got no fucking depth. You didn't account for fucking defensive hockey, and you sure as hell didn't account for fucking goaltending because they haven't sniffed any goaltending this year. So that was fucking an amazing Toronto media bullshit analytic take that I can do without. I don't need to hear about the analytics, Dom. It's dog shit. Yeah, and you know, there's one thing that really annoyed me <laughs> even reading this article is Max still has the ability to be the typical Detroit negative media. He still finds a way. There is still a section in this. Oh, yeah, read this out. Yeah. Is there a reason to believe Detroit has now broken through and will be a legitimate playoff contender for the next few years in the in the Atlantic? And he goes on to say the reality is it's hard to turn that corner from rebuilder to legit playoff team. And while Detroit's approach of bringing in veterans has helped them, they're still going to have to integrate young players at some point, going to bring challenges. To me, the Red Wings still have a lot to prove before anyone can declare they've broken through big picture. Yeah, you know, I mean, there are there are stopgap guys in the lineup, and uh, and we've talked about this in the past, and and uh, yeah, for sure, it's you're gonna have to get the young guys up, but that's what stopgap guys stopgap guys are there for, you know, they're they are there for uh, if you look at what guys are signed for in in terms of term, uh, guys are gonna be moving on, and the younger guys are developing in Grand Rapids and will be coming up, so. Yeah, it's, it's a good time to mention my producer question for the day because I found something I thought was pretty interesting. Like, everyone's touching it enough. Like, these guys are going to end up slotting in the lineup when they overtake these veteran players who are looking very good for the Red Wings, especially in this stretch of, well, the, really the whole season other than when the Wings have not played well this year. But, you know, five points clear of the playoffs right now. I think we can say, you know, the veterans that were brought in have definitely done their job. Um and if we're going to count Lyon, I don't know if we'll even count him as a veteran, but bringing in a solid goalie like him has wrote the ship with goaltending and the wings don't have the problems Ottawa does. So, like, yeah, can you hypothetically think they're going to regress like Buffalo did? But can we even say, like, Ottawa really fucking took off last year? Like, how much, like, what, how many points did they finish ahead of the Red Wings? It wasn't as many as people think. It was like, it was like six, maybe six. Like I'm, I'm t they fell out of the race hard. Uh, oh, DeBrincat ends up in Detroit. Um, he wanted, he was trying to flee the scene too. Like everyone wanted yeah, out of there yeah. at the end of the year. But yeah, they were 11th in the Eastern Conference, 39, 35, and eight. So 
Yeah, that's that's not playoff caliber, but we know that already. So I don't know. Six points. I don't know where this fucking so-called ten-point jump was supposed to come from. Like you lose the brain cat who was misutilized in Ottawa. Uh, the Red Wings have found a way to use them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know where this ten-point jump was going. Where where was it coming from? Corpus Allo? And they mentioned this too. Brady, Brady. I'm tired of hearing fucking Brady Kachuk yeah. too. The only thing they got from the Dabrinka trade was Kubalik, who's now being scratched. He's been scratched three different games a season, I think. That's most recently that, against Nashville. That, that, that's a shocker. I, I couldn't have seen that coming. So dealt with enough of his bullshit last year. And that's the thing. They said Tarasenko's been great, but they don't have any control on him. He's done after this year. So <laughs> it's tough times over there. Not looking good. But yeah, what I really wanted to throw out. So this guy uh, Nathan. I want I want Steve Seos to, you know, commend him on his job. He's got a tough one ahead of him because PR Dorian equals bad GM. Yeah. Steos and Red Wings have a guy named Steve Eiserman. He equals make this simple. Good GM. Good GM. That's actually what it says in the article. You see that one? Pierre Dorian, bad GM. Steve Eiserman, good GM. I think that was a top comment. That's what I noticed. Oh, too funny. But all right, get to this producer question. Yes. So Nathan Groff, he's got twenty two point eight K followers on Twitter. He's worked with Sportsnet, Bleacher Report, he's got his own YouTube channel. It is a decent enough name, and he did this series where he's ranking every prospect pool. And he threw the Red Wings out as number one. Uh, mentioned what he called the best goalie tandem prospect out there. Both goalies. Nobody has better in his mind. Augustine and Kosa. And Buffalo, I think, was four. He actually caught a lot of heat for it. There's a lot of people who mentioned Buffalo and some saying that there's no top-tier stars. Max mentioned that in the article, too. He felt like there was no stars in the Wings pipeline. Yeah, I mean, but of course he said that. Yeah. But yeah, do I you mean, guys any, agree? any anyone can look at the prospect pool and say hypothetically there's no stars, but they're trying to build a complete four line as tough as it is to do in the cap world, a four line, three defense pair hockey team, and you're gonna be able to achieve that by bringing in your Caspers, your Mazers, <clears throat> your Sandine Pelicas on D. Danielson. You're Danielson down the middle. Like, those are the guys that are going to, you know, those are the guys that are going to push the veterans eventually out of the lineup. That was the plan everyone talks about, so-called plan that he had. We didn't know what he was going to do this offseason, but by bringing in those veterans, what you do is you you force the young players not into the lineup, but to take a spot from a veteran. Competition is the most important thing in the sport. When you have competition... You know, it breeds excellence. That's what the Wings, you know, were able to achieve success for so long in so many years and why Ottawa and Buffalo have never been able to achieve sustained success because the organization has been built the right way and he's continuing to prove he's building the organization the right way. So, yes, you can hypothetically say there are no stars in the organization. Yeah, I know Max. I like you, Max, but I know, I know Connor Bedard is not walking through the Red Wings doors. The Red Wings were not fortunate enough to, one, be bad enough in a year where there was a player of that caliber, and two, you we know sure as hell the Wings were not good enough 
lottery luck wise with the ping pong balls to win a lottery in a year with even a Alex Lafreniere level prospect. And I don't even think he would have been the pick. It would have been Tim Stutzla anyways. And yes, Tim Stutzla would have been a nice piece to have in the lineup. But the Wings are making Lucas Raymond look very serviceable, having been dealt the hands they were dealt. The Wings, you know, Steve Eiserman has never made excuses. Uh, New Zealand alone has not made excuses. You know, when things have not gone their way, lottery-wise, injury-wise, you don't make excuses. You find a way through it. And that's one thing that I commend the Wings for, especially this year. They have found a way to overcome adversity. These other organizations have not been able to come overcome adversity. And these other organizations have forced young players into their lineups a lot sooner than they probably should have. The yeah. Wings did a little bit. Like, Raymond probably did not need to be in the NHL as quick as he did, but he won a job out of training camp. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the, the Buffaloes of the world, of I think course... we're seeing it with Zach Benson. Uh, that was just one name off the top of my head. He's, Zach... he's not producing. Zach Benson was a 13th overall pick. It was, like, supposedly the most successful season for the uh, Sabres in years, and you're forcing a 13th overall pick straight into the lineup. That guy should be in the Western Hockey League. He should not be playing in the National Hockey mm-hmm. League. He should have logged time at the World Juniors for Canada, but that you know that's not what Buffalo does. So that's in, that's that's why they're in the position they're in every year. That's why they're in the lottery every year. Now you're in like a purgatory where you're not bad enough to pick high in the draft, get a Macklin Celebrini, you know, got a prospect of that caliber. Um, I don't even know who's going to go second. Like, is it going to be Lindstrom? Is it going to be one of the foreign defensemen? We don't know, but. With that being said, Sabres aren't picking in that position, and they could definitely use one. But then again, they've had two first overall picks on their blue line, and they're still not in the playoff race yet. So, yeah. I think we have a top five system. I don't know if it's necessarily number one, but I don't know if it needs to be. No, it doesn't need to be. No, it doesn't need to be. Because, like, say, like, you He's know. He's restocked the cupboard compared to when, when what he was left with. I mean, it was barren, right? And I've had this discussion ad nauseum with other people, and uh, you know what? It wasn't good, and and where we are now, it's it's light years ahead, and future is bright. Not only pro- do prospects give you players that you're going to get, they're also going to be trade pieces. Okay, and the more prospects you get, the better chance you have of landing a big star down the road through a trade. Okay, possibly at the deadline. I don't know if it's going to be this year, but we'll see what happens. But picks, prospects, things like that. Once you've got your your cupboard nice and full, which it's getting there. You know, one more good draft, and, and I think we're in really, really good shape that way. So Yeah, so like a prospect like John, Jonathan Bergeron, like he needs to have a fire lit under his ass because if, if he doesn't gain a role on this team very soon, he is going to be moved because he is the perfect example of a piece that can be moved that someone's going to take um, and give the Red Wings a bona fide NHLer and move on from Jonathan Bergeron because Jonathan Bergeron has not proven that he's – a good enough prospect to be playing on the Detroit Red Wings. Mm-hmm. And I'm tired of this, you know, fucking Wings fans, anytime there's any talk of moving a draft pick, like people defend Jonathan Bergeron like he's, I don't know. We've been through it before with a multitude of prospects who end up getting moved. He was a second-round pick. He hasn't earned a role on this roster. He got beat out for a spot in training camp. So let's not, if I've seen online, like acting like it'd be a, a catastrophic move to move on from Jonathan Bergeron. Like, no. If the right move comes wrong, he's getting his bags packed and he's going somewhere else. I heard Ottawa and Montreal looking in, so. Okay. Who knows? 
But he's been in the rumor mill for like two months now. So yeah, it's been a little while. You, they, they, well, you bet. Every article you see on most tradable player in each each franchise, and he's definitely the one that's always in the Detroit under the Detroit uh, listing. Well, Janssenberger, sure. so, you better learn French, and you better learn to back check better. Because that's where that's where you might be headed. Yeah. All right. So we talked about him a lot. The, the Wings are taking on the Senators at home tonight, Wednesday, January thirty first. Hopefully we can get a key win to end the first half. Mike, what are your thoughts on the game? Yeah, don't give them life. Okay, get in there. Get on them early. You know, come out of the first period with a lead. Uh, continue to play on the right side of the puck the way you've been playing all month. It doesn't matter if these guys aren't contenders. you got to play them like they are contenders. Okay, you can't take anybody lightly. You can't take a night off in this league. Okay, get on them early. Jump on them. Get that lead. Play tough. And just play a full 60 minutes. Okay, we'll be at the game. So next week we'll definitely be doing a recap. But, uh, you know, let's 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 have a solid outing, okay, the way you have been playing all month. Okay, because those two points are, are uh, you know, every two points is crucial. And you can really keep moving yourself up if you get them uh, tonight. Yeah, I mean, they're coming off of a 4-3 win in overtime over the uh, Nashville Predators. They've started to play. You know, they've started to play better hockey as of late. Um, it's too little too late. They're already they're already dead at this point anyways. They're not they're sitting at the bottom of the Atlantic, they're sitting at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. Um they're trying to find something in this year. Um they dug themselves a big hole early in the season. Um, but they have had some success against the Red Wings. Stutzla scored that crazy goal in overtime in Sweden that the Wings only got a point out of that game. Um and in the third game of the series so far this year, this is four of four. Third game is a game that completely unraveled for the Wings. Um, there was suspension, injury. You know, Braun gets suspended for coming after Zub. After Larkin gets, you know, likely likely had injury on the play. He was out for what was it? Oh, was it two weeks? Two weeks. Two weeks. So it's been a while. Um, haven't played him in a while. That was on. Uh, December 9th, so big injury there, but... But also big swing in opposite directions by both teams since then. So let's see how this works out tonight. Yeah. All right. All right, we'll get into X's and O's, some insight from Coach Hike. All right, uh, the guy I want to talk about tonight, Dylan Larkin, playing the, uh, the bumper position on the power play, okay? Those that don't know the bumper position, it's right in the middle of the one three one power play. Okay, you got your two flanks or half wall guys on the outside. You got your your uh, quarterback up top. Okay, usually a defenseman. You got your net front guy. Okay, Larkin plays right in the middle. Okay, at one point he played the half wall, and it was when at a time when the Wings had less talent to put on the half wall or the flank positions, and he wasn't really. I didn't think he was that good at it. Okay, um, productive, yeah. But uh, you know what? He's got more talent around him now. They've got him in a really good spot now. I prefer to call they, that position. Yeah, when they gotta... needed to then. What's, yeah, what was around him. Yeah, but uh, a player like Larkin and and playing this position, I prefer instead of calling him a bumper because bumper, what they like to do is they like to pass into that guy, draw somebody in, and then they move the puck and bump it off to somebody else. He doesn't do it that often. I prefer to call Larkin a middle shooter. Okay, yes. eight of his twenty-two goals are on the power play. Um, you know, when when Larkin gets the puck, if you watch him, if you get a chance to go to a game and you watch him, Larkin's got his stick on the ice the whole time on the power play. He doesn't depend 
too often on one timing a puck, but it's on the stick, off the stick very quickly. He gets the puck, he finds his spot, he lets the shot go. He's got to have a very good shooting percentage. I don't have it from that position in those situations, but he seems to score more often than not when he gets a clean one in there. And if there's any traffic, it's it's usually finding a way to get through there, mm-hmm. at least for a very quality chance. But he just seems to get that puck off abnormally fast, be able to take a puck or uh, without one timing the puck, taking a pass and letting a shot go and and having something on it. Okay, Wings power play is currently twelfth in the league at twenty two point eight percent, and Larkin is playing a big part of it as that middle shooter. Okay, this is going to be like we're not big on the hot takes here, but so he he's going to end up missing about if he does if he stays healthy the rest of the year, he's going to end up missing about ten games this year. He's going to play about. 72 games do you think he gets to 40 for a hot second half he's on pace for like 37 goals this year do you think he gets to 40 wow that's a tough one um i'm gonna say he's gonna finish right around that mid 30s yeah yeah like about 35 yeah yeah my gut says he doesn't reach it either i think we just have a lot of depth scoring players on his line like to that will heat up again and just take certain opportunities yeah the wings are the first team guys to have 10 10 goal scorers in the league this year wow. i don't know if you knew that and they haven't had 10 10 goal score i think since 09 they've done it one year where they've had 10 10 goal scorers and they already have done it through you know at the all-star break at the all-star break yeah yeah so that's that's impressive by the wings depth scoring as you said darian and that was what you know that's what eiserman's trying to build and that is what the red wing teams of the glory days were known for depth scoring was an attribute that the wings had. It's why you didn't see, you know, Fedorov, Datsuk, Zetterberg, Eiserman putting up, you know, other than Eiserman's early years, putting up crazy, crazy numbers because depth scoring was just so prevalent on the team. And the wings yeah. are showing that this year. Yeah. Four line teams for sure. All right. This is what I want to throw at you guys. So Frank Saravalli, he he's a decent known reporter. Like, He's, he's got his name, and typically nobody really knows what Eiserman's doing, but every time there's trade rumors, it's good to get into the discussion. So Frank Vetrano and Jacob Chikrin have been linked to the wings. I'm just going to cut you off, and we're going to have a debate on this another day, but yeah. I'm just going to shout out Frank Saravalli here. Uh, I'm tired of him being on his high horse saying USA hockey has overtaken Canada hockey. As a proud Canadian, I think that's a bunch of bullshit. Um, I want to call him out for that. Yeah, I Take appreciate our American listeners, but that is bullshit. They aren't even close to overtaking Canadian hockey. But continue on. Coming for blood. <laughs> so yeah, Frank Vetrano, Jacob Shikarin. They are names on our list, apparently. So what do you guys think of those guys? You know, Frank Vetrano is having a career year this year. Um, he's bounced around the league a little bit. He played for the uh, played for the Bruins and the Panthers. You know, played a played some decent roles for those teams um scored a, in the mid-20s in goals once he got to florida um got moved to anaheim um and last year he scored 22 goals this year he's having a career year so far he has 21 goals in the season 14 assists for 35 points um that puts him on pace for about 35 goals um he plays with an edge wings have connections with eiserman being very familiar with the anaheim ducks gm pat for beak um Verbeek also has familiarity with the prospects it could potentially move, say like a Berggren or someone like that, in a trade for him. Um, 
do I like him as a player? Yes. Uh, is he a necessity for the Wings to get for a playoff run? I don't necessarily think so, but I think it could potentially be a big add at a decent number. Um, and he'd be he's a, he plays with grit. I think it'd be a good add for the Red Wings. I think I that's going to be the key is cost. Yep, cost. I think it's uh, I think it's a more likely move. Can you pull up his salary right now? Yeah. I don't have it off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean the way he's been playing this year, I think they're going to look for an opportunity to sell high. If yeah, like this was unexpected of him producing a you know a mid thirty goal level to add another one to the lineup would be very helpful for the wings i don't think he necessarily produces at the level if he gets moved to the wings because he's not going to see the minutes he saw in anaheim Mm -hmm. he'll likely play on the uh, third line so this yeah he's got a perfect cap hit 3.65 mil that's what i thought this year and next yeah that's what i thought so it'd be a nice ad eiserman has made moves for guys like that in the past um, and the Tampa teams after him did too. Like I'm thinking like Breezeball after Eisman got there, not quite the same situation because Tampa had had sustained success, but adding, you know, like a Hagel uh, from Chicago, I remember him having a very good number. That's the type of move that, you know, good, competent organizations make. Um, and you add a player of Frank Petrano's caliber, you know, it, it never hurts come playoff time. So I would like the move a lot. Is, Do you got Chickering's number there? Yeah, so is someone gonna do a cartwheel if the wings do acquire Frank Petrano? Probably not. But I think it'd be helpful. Anyway, I'll pick up on yeah, Jacob Chick. Yeah, on Chickman yeah. right now. Uh Darian's gonna give us a salary right four point six mil this year and next. Okay. So. so right in the same range. All right, uh Chickren's a, a player that uh, is you know, is not a stranger to the Detroit area, played some minor hockey in the little Caesar system. Uh, after he played, you know, he grew up in Florida, ended up playing up at Little Caesars, and then moved on to Ontario for his uh, draft year. Um, solid defenseman, um, you know, right shot. And Mm-mm. no, he's left shot. I apologize. I thought he was a right shot. I had him mixed up with the uh, the other draft age uh, phenom at the time. Anyway, um, he will, uh, you know, he's not going to hurt you. Um, we'll upgrade what we have back there and see what happens he's uh you know can play all situations and like i said the familiarity with the area and stuff like that he should he should be able to step in and play yeah i'm a little wary of making the move yeah i I could it's just how much is it going to cost yeah it's cost again it's a guy who's had hype around him his whole career and like let's be honest like i think ottawa took the bait here it's Production has never really been there. He's, he's yeah. he had. I watched him last game. He he made a nice play, um, setting up their overtime winner. Um, he he does make a lot of nice plays, but there's. I don't know if his compete level is always there. That's there's always a question. Always for me. lapses. Um, there's always something spewing in the media from him. You know, I don't know if Eisman necessarily likes that. Um, I love the talent. It just doesn't seem like a wings type. No. Move. Yeah. He's always yeah. I don't. I want to be huge on it. Um, I'm sure Eiserman's going to do his due diligence. That goes without saying on it. But I don't know if he necessarily makes a move for Shikrin. If I'm going to go out on a limb for it, and the cost is likely going to be yeah, yeah it'd be too much, yeah. astronomical. And they already lost one trade to the Wings not that long ago. So they do they really want to make another one and lose another trade? Well, it just them? depends if they're clearing house or not, and that that could drive the price down as well. I mean, that's something you wait till the you know the eleventh hour of the deadline and stuff like that. I mean. Do, do we need to add this player? You know, is, I don't know if the need's there. So, 
Well, you're just log jamming the the pool even more potentially. Yep. Yeah. Mudding the waters. Mudding the waters. Yeah. All right. It's about that time. <clears throat> Sorry, guys. Sleep at the wheel. <laughs> This was earned this time. So. Sorry about that, Darian. <laughs> Alright, everybody, it's time to get knuckles deep with Darian's video. Normally I split. So. Perfect. 2 and 0. Last show. First, Darian's digits. We go 2 and 0. You play the wings, you play the Habs, you follow our strategies, you go 2 and 0. It was it was a good bet night for me. Um, just gives you a taste of it. So seven and twelve for the Wings bets on the season. Fourteen and six for playing an NHL game. And I'm gonna do something unprecedented today. Never done this on a show. Okay. We checked the Red Wings line. There has been some line movement. Now this happened when the Wings played Philly as well. It was started as a minus one thirty, which is not in a territory we play. As the day progressed, down to minus one fifteen. And you, you think Vegas doesn't give you gifts, but sometimes it works out. Sometimes they know you're thinking this. And they did it again today. So a line that was originally minus 125 in an area I do not play has now moved to minus 115. So I'm going to throw a play on that too. Normally I would recommend cashing out if you use this strategy, betting in regulation, which is what I did do today, plus 120 if you go in regulation for the wings to win. But I'm doubling down. We're going in regulation and on the money line, minus 115. I'm playing both. I'm going all in. We're beating the sense. So, unprecedented. Live bet. I just did this right now, just so we're clear. The corpse of the Ottawa Senators is going to take a beating tonight in Detroit. Yeah. It's going to be so long since. So one of the things I highly recommend, if you made a bet the night before, double check the line. You might you might get better odds and you can cash out, add a little extra juice on it and get better value. So uh, Words of wisdom. That's what I did. So Once we'll again, see. Ottawa Senators overvalued. Yeah, it's perfect. Um, it, it's hockey. It's 82-game season. Could always lose. But it, it's value I'm going to take. So... The bet of the game today, or the bet of the night, is a perfect opportunity to use our strategy. I want to give you the exact public betting odds before I throw this out there. There is only a three-game slate tonight, but we have the Kings going into Nashville. The Kings have lost four in a row, and 81% of the public is on the road Kings. So we take Nashville on the money line. I really don't even think they're that much worse than L.A. with the way L.A. has been playing. They're probably a little better, honestly. So I'm going to take them at plus 100. And it's... they just blew a game to Ottawa. So they're going to come in ready, back on home ice, looking to win. Home I dog. I think it's a great play. Public fading them, and we're going to throw it out there. So Wings and Nashville, get your uh, get your plays in. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Darian. You just got knuckles deep with Darian's digits. Perfect. All right, everybody. Now it's time to take a look around the league. All right, I'm going to throw it to Brendan. We got the All-Star break coming up, so just kind of give a general thoughts on the All-Star game and how it's changed over the years, whatever you're thinking. Yeah, I mean, it's been my whole life the All-Star game's been dog shit. I think it was a little better when he was growing up. There was a little more interest, <laughs> maybe. 
I don't know if there ever really was interest. The uniforms are better. I'll give them that. At least the uniforms are cool. Um, the Wales versus the Campbell Conference. They had that going for them. I've seen those a lot around the rank. Cool uniforms. Yeah, but, they were. Uh, the uniforms are terrible now. Um, it's going to Toronto, which I'm sure all the All-Stars are super excited to go to that media market and deal with that bonanza yeah. <laughs> of a situation. So uh, not very. I'm not really looking forward to it. Um, a lot of these teams are on, you know, winding down leading into the break and coming out of the break so you know we're kind of we've kind of had some light cards lately which i like full cards um i don't know i'm not i'm not thrilled about this uh all-star game at all i'm not really looking forward to watching it i don't even know if i will skills competition is garbage too i do without watching that um usually one highlight from that that is worth watching not too many the shootout's terrible too um but you know it puts butts in the seats, I guess. Um, give someone, gives the people of, say, Toronto when they're hosting, or if you're hosting in, you know, non-traditional hockey markets, it at least gives them something to look forward to for, you know, an event. Uh, get to see all the stars up close, but usually not giving big effort. It's not that. It's not real hockey. It's, no. it's frustrating to watch. And uh, so I really don't anymore. I haven't I for quite all. some time. You know, I'll throw the golf on. I'll throw something else on. You know, I tuned into the skills last year, and it seems like they're trying to add different competitions, and it's just not worth it. Like it's almost worse than it was a couple years ago to me. Especially like the three on three. Like I got it in hindsight, but now with the the team hues and like I, if they're gonna not gonna put any effort anyway, I'll just take east west. Give me a game. That's 12 to 10 or whatever. That, you know that's what? how I look at it. You know I'm not going to watch it anyway. So You know what? When we focus on hockey, like, as many days of the year, like, as we do, it's honestly nice to just uh, take a break. Log, yes. out, log out for a couple of days. Darian has to log out of the betting count for, for a couple of days, which is probably good for his uh, mental well-being as well. You even bet so, the Sharks last night. Especially, so when, he's, especially when he's in a tailspin, but he's been doing all right lately. But, yeah, it's yep. good to log out for a couple of days. Uh I know the players sure as hell are logging. A lot of them are logging out for a couple days. They are waiting for this break to come. Oh, especially Detroit. I mean, Detroit after tonight, you know, you're talking 10 days off. 10 days off. And, uh, you know, well, uh, well earned, you know, especially if you get the win tonight. But Some tough road games on the other end of that, too. Even, so. even, even New Zealand's, uh, logging out for a couple days. You want to get to that briefly? Yeah. So that he's going to, he's going to, he's going to, Go uh, hop on the ice a couple times with his kids' team. He's gonna, he's gonna go away to a couple games with them, have a couple beers, and complain about the coaches with the parents in the hotel lobby. So, because <laughs> yeah. that's uh, just been, be a hockey dad. Because that's never been done by a hockey dad before. No. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, that's great. So that's good to see. Yep. yep, it'll be good for him to get away for a little bit. For sure. Yep. So we'll shout out our sponsors one more time before we wrap up. Sure. Yeah, so uh, first I want to give a shout out to the 509 Beer House. Uh, it's possibly the best pub in Windsor. Tell a friend. Um, and if you go, ask for myself, my favorite chicken wings, the Franks with butter. They are exceptional. And they got one of our favorite beers, Miller Lite, on tap. So that's always good to find. Absolutely. And Motor City Chrysler, corner of Tecumseh and Walker in Windsor. Uh, get a hold of Jeff Pollock. Go in there. Mention the show. He'll get you in a great ride. Or give Jeff a call at 
253-2303. All right, we'll show the socials. We're, we're getting off the ground here. We're getting some... The Facebook page is really getting interesting. Let's talk Red Wings. Look for us there. On X, we're at LTRW19. And TikTok, Let's Talk Red Wings. We're also on Apple Podcasts, but Spotify, go-to platform. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we're getting, we're going to get in some new logos coming in. Going to get some uh, apparel going. Uh, a lot of exci- exciting things happening. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, next show, uh, we're going to try and drop every Thursday. Every Thursday, we want to get the show dropped. So so uh, keep an eye out on Facebook for that. Keep an eye out on Spotify and Apple. Yep. And uh, we will post on Facebook and on X when we're dropping shows. So. Yeah, whatever works for you. Just search for Let's Talk Red Wings. Yeah, on either Spotify or Apple. You'll find it pretty easily. Yeah, so the next time we kick back to you guys, hopefully we're talking about a, a Red Wings win leading into the break as they try and build this uh, now comfortable buffer on the final playoff spot. So, yep. to, uh, yeah, so talk I about mean, that soon. This show, this show is kind of to wrap up the, uh, the first, uh, you know, going into the All-Star break, and, and our next show will be uh, basically a preview of, of going into the stretch run. So. Yeah. Setting times in Red Wing Land. If they get this win tonight, that is seven points up on the Islanders for the next spot. So yeah, excellent. And it's so exciting. It's going to be nice to be talking about meaningful hockey for the uh, for the stretch run for once. You know, we kind of got a glimpse of it last year um, until Ottawa allegedly derailed everything. There were some moves made. Team went in a tailspin. Um, ended up finishing out the season. Now it's good to see the Wings back in playoff spot and hopefully comfortably in a playoff spot all right all right that does it for let's talk red wings mike and brendan darian signing off go wings go wings let's go red wings thanks for tuning in guys